0: Welcome to your source of prime airsoft content, where we talk about everything from milsims to MREs, and today we're talking medics. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the RTAP. As always, it's your host, Viking. And I got some great news for you guys. We are seeing some huge uh, influx of international listeners. And it really makes me uh, I don't know, kind of giddy on the inside. Uh, so if you're overseas listening to this and you've been listening to the content coming out about our Bill C-21 and stuff, I'd really like to hear from you about what Airsoft's like in your country. I'd really like to know if you've ever faced the same kind of things, um, if Airsoft is outright not allowed. Um, and I also really want to get that sort of content to our Canadian listeners so that way they know what it's like across the world. So um, I don't want to stick on that too long. I just wanted to say I'm very appreciative to all you guys overseas. I am definitely appreciative of all you guys around here listening. Love you guys. But... Today's show is a pretty special one. We have one of the founders of Rain, someone that really put his heart into something that we didn't know what it was going to become. Uh, he quickly jumped on as my 2IC and helped with the development of Rain. Um, for those of you that are listening that might not know, Rain is an airsoft team that is directly connected to this podcast. I am the captain of a team called Rain. Uh, The Rain Tactical Airsoft Podcast just sounds cooler. Um, If you guys are looking to check us out on Instagram, you can find that at Rain underscore no compromise. Um, Give us a check out. Send us a message. Let me know what you think of this show. Let me know things that you want to talk about or things you want to listen. We also have a public Discord going on now where a lot of us are getting into gaming together. Really trying to find ways to bring a little bit of connection between all of us. Um, so if you're anywhere over over the world listening to this and you wanna get into this Discord, shoot me a message over on the Instagram and I'll make sure to get you in there gaming with us. But without further ado, I really wanna to get to this interview because I feel like being a medic is such a undervalued um, spot on a team. We talked about how it often becomes the girlfriend role. But Steven is a guy that has gone out of his way to make that his profession in airsoft, and he's found so many great ways to perfect it. We, uh, we don't get too, too in detail, but he has a lot of really good information for players that maybe are already medics or are looking to get into the medic role. So sit back, relax, and I love you guys. Aww. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Art Tap. Today, we have a crucial guest to the Art Tap. We have the 2IC of Rain himself, Lifeline. What's going on, buddy?
1: Hey, man. It's finally good to be on the podcast, yeah. honest with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, talking about getting you on here for a while. Long before Rain was even a team, we were talking about it, trying to find uh, a way to get you on. A uh, little bit of an introduction to yourself, <laughs> So you're now the 2IC of rain. you're the team medic, which is the most important role on the field, and something we're definitely going to be getting into, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name's Steven, everyone knows me as Lifeline in the community, and I've been playing Airsoft for about, I think, nine years now, and uh, yeah man, I just love the rush of Airsoft, and mostly I love the rush of being a medic, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, when I look around the community, I really don't know anyone else that has directly made their whole airsoft career, if you want to call it that, uh, so dedicated to medicing. Um, what what kind of goes through your head to make that want to be your thing?
1: Um, So there's actually quite a bit of things. One, um, no one wanted to be a medic. So I was like, well, you know what? it's an easy way to get onto a squad and it's easy way to pick up on a team or especially being a medic. And if you're fast like I am and you have crazy amount of agility and just want to go and drive, then I mean, it's, it's good to be a medic. And the big thing with being a medic is patience though. And that's one thing I've had to work on over the last five years of being straight solid medic is patience. And, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that could tell you that, like Bear Mm -hmm. from Aegis. He uh, he had to hold me back a couple times.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I did my own little stint playing medic as well, and I was having a hard time with not rushing in to get every revive and not trying to, uh, you know, also not trying to go through doors and start door kicking. So it really takes it takes a lot of thought process in an airsoft game to be a stable medic.
1: Yeah. So the one thing I've noticed of making you stand out as like a true medic class is when you're in a building such as like, let's say we're holding kitchen at Nightfall or even at any Black Cell game, right? Mm -hmm. And you're in kitchen and you have like five or six different squads in there and your squad's all fine, whatever. What I like to do is check up on other squads, see if anyone needs water, if anyone needs food, because you have a lot of new players in the community where their first game could be Nightfall or even a Black Cell event, right? Mm. And they're not sure on, oh, do I need to bring this on the field or do I need that or do I need 75 mags like you used to do back in the day? I used to be bad for that. You know what I mean? So a lot of guys think, oh, let's load up on mags, but they forget one big important thing is food and hydration. So that's where me as a medic, I kind of take it as a serious role and I keep water bottles in my bag. I keep baby food. Baby food is one of the best things that I've ever done. And I actually got that from Ian. Um,
0: Ian Anton? Or- Ian
1: Anton, yeah. No. I got it from him. He actually, one nightfall he gave me a pack of baby food. Like the drinkable ones, not the actual...
0: Like the little, like the the things that look like cooler Jammers almost with the, the little lid on them?
1: Yeah, exactly. So you keep those... And then you roll it up when you're done, put the seal back on, it stays nice and tight, very minimal amount of garbage. It gives you a nice little burst of energy, and you can hand them out to pretty much anyone, and they taste delicious, you know what I mean?
0: Shit. I actually never thought of that, but uh, Ian Anton's been on the show before with all the work he's doing with Wes at WI Productions for the, uh, the SEG Beach Games. But also, Lifeline, you've popped your podcast cherry, okay? Let, we're going to let the nerves out. You're talking incredibly fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just just so excited. Yeah, well, I'm very excited. <laughs> I just want this airsoft season to start, to be honest with you.
0: Man, I think we're all just so ready for it. I mean, you know, you got to appreciate the things the government are doing with the lockdowns and whatnot. Like, obviously, this isn't a place for political input on the podcast. But, you know, we just all got to respect what's going on and just I want to get out and play so bad.
1: Yeah, I'm just a construction worker with an airsoft addiction. Oh,
0: exactly, buddy. But And we picked a really weird time to try and start a new team.
1: Yeah, it could either go like we've talked before. It could go really bad or really good. But I think I'm me and you are very optimistic about it. And I the, think it will go very good just the basis we have, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, we found ourselves a nice core group of people that um are going to be able to make it through this long uh kind of off season of airsoft because usually our off season's what like five months maybe what what do you think the last games are most people stop playing in like late sep- late october november and then they're not playing again till like march right
1: so for the last two years usually the last game has been uh daybreak okay or Recon, and that's when everyone kind of calls it a quid or game right before that mm. and um but you always have indoor season right so
0: yes yeah, you uh you guys went down to a lot of the Toronto places like ultimate and um siege right
1: yeah that was before I moved out towards London area but we used to make it a ritual where at least Monday or Tuesday we'd go play and get the team out and yeah. get going and but you know it's it's at a certain point you kind of realize just meeting up with the team on discord or even some sort mm-hmm. of face visual that that tends to be good enough and gets the hype back going and or even playing video games together you know
0: well exactly i think all of us were kind of in a little bit of a slump and then we just had our first uh official rain meeting through discord just got the get, got the cameras rolling looking at each other's faces and it just it kind of revitalized my opinion on what's going to be going on. It's it's easy to get your mindset into, oh, it's, you know, COVID's forever. We're never going to get to play again kind of thing. And then we have a little bit of face-to-face and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm more excited to get the team all together, mm-hmm. have fun, you know, yeah. drink some beers together and actually play some airsoft. Okay. I mean, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah. So getting kind of back into the medic thing. Have you been wanting to play a medic since your first time playing Airsoft? Like, before, were you playing games like Battlefield and stuff like that, being the medic, or was it something you got into Airsoft and then realized you wanted to do?
1: So, funny enough, actually, since Battlefield 2, I've always played a medic class. Apex Legends always played a medic class. Valorant always played a medic class. I just, for some reason, I just like taking care of people, healing people, making sure that everyone stays alive (laughs)
0: So you definitely play Lifeline in Apex, right? Yeah. I knew it. When I when I saw that I was like, how can a guy not play someone with his his call sign?
1: Yeah, Simon from Aegis actually gave me this call sign.
0: So what was kind of the story behind getting that? Was it directly related to the Mediking or was there something else?
1: Yeah, it was directly related to Mediking.
0: Which is it's a cool it it's a really unique um call sign because it's like two words like it's not very often that two-worded call signs sound good like rolling off the uh rolling off the tongue
1: yeah I'm I'm actually when so my old call sign used to be crash and that was a call sign I gave myself and it was Mm -hmm. just because when I was younger I used to get into a lot of car accidents okay then Simon one day said he's like you know what your new call sign's lifeline. I don't like your old one and it went from there and now that's been my call sign for like 4 years.
0: Now it's here and then uh yeah, it's it's one of those things with when you get more involved in the community, your more people end up knowing you by your call sign than your real name, so it really sticks. Um, for the longest time before we really knew each other too much outside of airsoft, even while we just started gaming together, I, I would have a hard time calling you Steven and I would always just say lifeline.
1: Yeah, I've, I've that been accustomed to making that my middle name,
0: to be honest with you. (laughs) There you go. Um, okay, so you played medics all the way through video games and stuff like that. And I think for anybody listening that maybe, isn't involved in airsoft yet or is just kind of getting freshly into it. It's severely underestimated how helpful playing video games can be to what you're going to like in airsoft. Um, like if you really like medicing, you really like heavy gunning. The only exception to that is liking sniping in, uh, video games because it doesn't translate nearly the same. But, uh, I've, I've talked about how you shouldn't buy a sniper first way too many times. Um. So you've been doing this so You've worked up quite a few strategies On how to be An effective Medic Now what are some, some baseline things a medic needs to know When they're on the field
1: Patience Patience, patience, patience Know your time when to get someone And know them when not to get someone mm-hmm. So at like um, A force recon game Your Let's say you have your platoon lead with you And then you have your actual um squad lead squad lead right you're always going to want to bring your squad lead up first or your platoon lead normally at a at a force recon game just let your platoon lead walk back to his tent because he can walk back on his own right he can lone wolf mm-hmm. so you your squad lead is your most important person because they have direct connection to command so you're not going to want to bring up a rifleman you're not they're they're like the bottom of the food chain to be honest mm. with you so that's the way my mind works. I'd rather bring up an lmg or because at least he can hold fire down.
0: Yeah, or, exactly. He or, can give you cover while you go to revive someone else, right?
1: Yeah, and another big thing I've noticed as a medic is smokes. Smokes are your best friend. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, like, super windy out then they're your worst. Yeah, kind of.
0: That's, that's the thing. Like, I love throwing a good smoke grenade, but it's unless you have a good deal on them, smokes can get really expensive to be using all the time. So it, I find it so funny that at the start of, you know, your nightfall and stuff like that, everyone's throwing, you know, a hundred smokes right away. And it's like, there goes a couple thousand dollars off the start of the game for all the players. And it ends up like, I don't think for the most part, it really helps anybody that much off the start now obviously for Mediking that's going to be a lot different and hopefully it's placed well but you get one bad breeze and you're like oh shit
1: yeah I've had situations especially like at the college where you'd throw a smoke grenade and then the wind randomly just kicks it in another direction and you're like oh fuck I gotta do something quick here or I'm screwed
0: <laughs> yeah I, uh, I actually always forget that you you played the college as well
1: I don't know why I forget yeah. that yeah, I played the college uh, at Seraph, tag events, mm. and I think there was one more event I went to there.
0: Yeah, I played just about all the tag events there. I didn't play Seraph. I think Seraph was before I had started really getting involved with Milsim. Because I know you've been involved in Milsim longer than I have. Um,
1: yeah, I, I played Seraph, two of the Seraphs. Okay. I don't remember what numbers were. But yeah, one I played with Aegis, and then one was with uh, Mar.
0: Oh, with Mar okay. Um so with the with the smokes it's funny for me. Like I like to think of myself as a fairly athletic dude and I play a lot of contact sports which which do not translate to being able to throw a ball. And there has been so many times where I try and throw a smoke grenade and I'm just like, Oh no <laughs> like, like I'm like, this is not I should never be throwing these, so I will, I'll take, even like, um, when those, those pea grenades, like the little explosive ones were coming out, I would just like take them off my kit and give them to people, I'm like, you throw this, I promise you, you do not want me to throw this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been in those situations where it's like, you're trying to run and then you hit the door frame and you end up killing your whole team. Oh yeah. I've done that before
0: that uh that doesn't surprise me. I can see you do like I can picture the look on your face when you do that too, because you have such an innocent look
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was not fun that day it was not
0: so you throw some smokes and now when you're trying to revive someone, are you throwing the smoke like in their area are you like are you trying to throw it like past them what's your What's your goal on that?
1: So when I usually try to throw a smoke, I actually try to throw it directly in front of them. Mm -hmm. So at least I have some sort – like if I'm reviving you, at least I could hide behind you because you're a broader guy or even Bear from Aegis. Like I could hide behind them. But if I'm trying to revive someone like Ray that is like 95 pounds, Mm -hmm. then a smoke is very effective. Mm -hmm. And I can utilize it to my best ability and getting very low to the ground. Try to minimize your – Body exposure as much as possible. That's yeah, and, one big thing.
0: And try and use your uh, your environment to your to your best bet, right? Like now, this is this is one of the things that gets a little bit tricky. And we've talked about making rain. One of one of Rain's main priorities are uh, the physic the physical side of it. I don't know. Why I couldn't talk there for a sec. Uh, the physicality of airsoft being that you know you have to be in pretty good shape to be a medic because there's some spots where you're going to have to drag your teammate or pull your teammate to a you know even if it's just a small little two foot gap or anything like that there are people that are watching for dead players moving by themselves and if the rule is no simulated drags or anything like that there's going to be people calling out if you know your your guy is butt scooting or anything like that um sorry i cut you off there
1: no you're definitely right like Working out is a huge part. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, this is a hobby, this is a hobby. But when you get to the Milson level of airsoft, it Mm kind of turns more into a competition, Mm -hmm. especially coming from a sports background like you and I. Mm -hmm. And um, working out is definitely a big, big part about being a medic. You have to be fast, you have to be agile, and you have to be not so strong, but you have to still be able to carry... Maybe even some of the bigger guys, right? Like, Mm. even if it's a body drag or even grabbing them by the vest. Something, yeah. Just enough to get them out of of harm's way because a lot of guys in airsoft will still shoot even if they see you dragging someone and they're hitting the guy in front of you. So you want to be able to move them quick.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely been in some weird spots where I'm probably overshooting someone. Because I'm under the opinion that they're being medic right at that point. And I think that's something that uh, I I have gotten flack for that before. Someone being like, hey, I'm hit. And I'm like, yeah, you have a medic in the same bunker as you. Like, I know he's there. So you have two options. Stand up and move out of that bunker while you're dead. or Or just keep getting hit like this.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a weird median to be in especially as a medic when you're trying to heal someone or even bring them back up and all you see is bb's just lighting up their chest or even their face and you're just like i'm sorry man like especially with covid restrictions now and how like they're using a rope for a six-foot rule or even um the guy puts on his own bandage and you sit there for one minute whatever event it is and uh it's definitely made the medicing a little bit harder Mm-hmm. And I know how a lot of people are like, oh, tie the rope and then untie it. But it's just one more thing I have to add to my kit.
0: Exactly. And that takes up
1: an extra piece of space. Yeah. So.
0: And we're definitely going to get into the kit requir- uh, requirements of a medic because you and I have fairly extensively gone over what we're going to try and make our kit. So We've been talking a lot about matching kit, you know, just Gucci shit like that. And I didn't really realize the extent that you go through thinking of how you're going to lay your kit for a medic. Um, but kind of back to the smoke side of things. I've always thought of it, just always being a squad lead, like I am trying to think a couple steps ahead, stuff like that. Um, if you have the chance to throw a smoke and you can tell roughly which way the wind's blowing, like even if you have to do that stupid little like grab a blade of grass thing, because it really does work. If a blade of grass is going to move in the breeze, the smoke's going to move the same way kind of thing. So if you can throw it, on a 45 degree angle of where your target is. You want to throw that smoke in between your revive target and the uh, opposing forces. You want to throw it somewhere kind of in the middle in front of them. Cause if you throw your smoke behind the person you're trying to revive, you're, you're, it's useless. And if you throw the smoke too close, um, like almost on like a straight direction, not to the side of them. And the wind's blowing. The majority of that smoke isn't actually going to cover your target. It's going to blow to, say, the left side of them. So you want to throw it to the right side of them, so that way the wind blows the smoke across the whole field of vision.
1: No, exactly. You're right. Like smoke placement is a huge key for medics and. I notice, like, when I see a lot of guys medicing, most of them don't want to do it. They're just put in that role because either they're last to sign up on the team, or each some teams kind of switch it around. And me being a full-time medic and specifically staying as a medic because I enjoy that. And smokes are a big part for me, so I like to either throw one or two smokes, depending on how big of an area I have. Like, if you're on the one field at PRZ and you have to get. to someone in the middle, one smoke's not going to cover that, so you'll probably throw Mm -hmm. three. And just enough so they can't really see you while you're running, Mm -hmm. but that's where speed comes into a factor too, and being very light. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, I don't even use my main firearm, I'm using my pistol. Yep. That's what kind of my bread and butter is, is I kind of build everything around a pistol class, or I'll have an like a, a rifle with me, but most nightfalls I don't go through maybe two, three mags maybe mm-hmm. at max. I just keep about a certain amount of mags on me for our teammates and that's Oh, exactly. I, that's the way I kinda utilize myself is well, I'm I'm there to help.
0: And classically, like not in an offensive way or whatever, but the medic has been the girlfriend role or the person that comes out that doesn't really know how to play airsoft. soft. It's like, oh, you go do this, you go do that kind of thing. Whereas you have made it a profession inside of Airsoft to, to train yourself on how to do it properly because a trained medic on the field can make the difference in a gunfight. Um, like as much as being a phenomenal uh, uh, rifleman can make a huge difference depending on, you know, how many people you hit versus whatever. But Having a designated person that trains on how to keep your squad up and alive will win you more gunfights more consistently than just having one person that practices all the cool guy Gucci shit.
1: Yeah, one thing I've really noticed being a medic over the last five years is um, if you can keep your guys up, you can hold places for a lot longer. And I'm sure a lot of people know... Last year, well, not last year, the year before, we held kitchen for, what was it, like nine hours or eight hours or something like that? Something so. And it was just because we kept everyone up. I -hmm. had food on me, I had water, so we didn't need to go back to command because I had resources, our team kept resources on them, and... It was just because we're prepared, and that's mm. one big thing as a medic is you have to be prepared mm. for any situation and sometimes you might have to be the bitch, and i I get it it's fine i'm I'm okay with that, carrying guys' mags, smokes, grenades, food, water, and that's why i I like being what I am because I can help my team dominate, and mm. if we can do that as a team, then that makes us look good. you know what i mean and that's what, why I've been a medic my
0: whole life. My, my whole life. You know? It's, <laughs> it's, it's um, my whole airsoft life. <laughs> airsoft is life. Um, well, and that's especially for us when we were building this team. Because you and I have been working very, very closely to build RAIN from the ground up. And the idea of it was uh, I have a very strong leadership presence on the field. And you have an amazing presence of medicing on the field. So having your two IC and your medic have some huge pull inside your team instead of like being like the, Oh, just a medic kind of thing. Like you'll have some power to say like, no, I need you guys here. So that way I can medic this way and have some actual, you know, have have some oomph behind it. Oh, I just smacked my mic. (laughs)
1: That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Because normally a medic, he's not going to be the first one in and he's not going to be the last one in. He'll usually be the second to the last one in a building or in anywhere because you want him to stay up, keep communication with everyone, make sure that I can either bring you back up as squad lead or even if one of our riflemen go down and you need him to cover an area or her because there's a big female presence in Airsoft now, and I love that. Mm. Like, But yeah, man, it's... No. Being two I C and medic, I've we like me and you both have seen it it's gonna be huge because I'm I'm not supposed to be out in the open and let's say you do go down, I can still keep in communi- communication communication with command or whoever I need to, right? Or another squad or yeah. whatever it is.
0: Oh, exactly. And that's kind of a lot like what I was doing a couple years ago with my last team. Is there was a point where I wanted, I really wanted to play medic. I love the idea. All the battlefield games, everything like that. I always played medic. Um, but once it doesn't translate very well to being a squad lead and a medic, but like having someone, like having that fallback for you, like say I go down, having, the second most important member be able to start calling those shots is is huge
1: yeah for sure and like like you've said before man it's having a two ic as a medic is just it's good to have Mm -hmm. man like i don't see why more teams aren't doing it i don't get why Everyone's playing as a rifleman. Yeah, I get it. It's cool guy shit, and it's all Gucci, and yeah, I get to kick a door down and run into a a, a, bil- a room and get shot, yeah. but you know, the rush for me is, man, running into that building and getting that guy up,
0: because well, you don't know... The thing about that, too, is like, with you, you're... And kind of very similar to, like, the squad lead thing. Like, as a squad lead, it's my job to make sure that my guys are having fun. Like, you know, you can't push too hard. You can't, you know, throw too much dick around. But you want to you want to make sure your guys are in the right place at the right time to have fun and do gunfights while also completing missions. You, as a medic, are almost doing more of that by making sure that your teammates aren't just sitting there dead while all the fun shit's going on. Like, yeah. it, it's it's crazy that we leave that, that most, most teams, and I've been guilty of it before too, leave that position to very untrained people and just kind of give it that throwaway title.
1: Yeah, I, I've noticed a lot of people, like, throw their girlfriends as a medic, mm-hmm. or like the new guy, or someone that doesn't really want to, that's a little bit scared still in Airsoft of getting hit by a mm-hmm. BB, and I get that. Because it's you don't see that much action, but that when you do see the action, that's when you mm-hmm. get that adrenaline rush, and that's when you get that pump, and you just get so like excited, man. For me, it's like so exciting, especially playing at Barry Paintball as a medic, for for um, Force Recon. Oh my God, man, running down that hill trying to go save one of your guys, dude, and you don't know where anyone is, or even at PRZ,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like getting shot from third story because you're running through the field like a madman.
0: Yeah. One thing that is kind of, it sounds negative to say that a medic is that girlfriend role and it, it is, it, that is the stereotype of it. Um, but for anybody in the airsoft community that's looking to get their girlfriend involved or a very brand new player involved, I do think that medic is a great spot for them to start. Um, I don't think that it's somewhere that you would want them when you really need them, like in your hardcore mill sims and whatnot. But, um, from a walk on event or anything like that, having a position that maybe isn't directly in those firefights and requires a little bit more understanding of the game, I think is a great spot for new players. So that way they have the opportunity to see the game plan and, and, understand why when they die a certain way why it's a pain in the ass for the medic you know what i mean
1: yeah exactly like if you do have any players on your team or whatever that want to be a medic or don't understand on how to be a medic like you can always shoot me a message on instagram or come on the rain discord and just come talk to me and i'm like always free to kind of help people or or even learn like i'm i'm always still learning each and every season of what i could do better change my kit a certain way or how i can approach certain things a certain way like there's always learning to medicing especially with these covid restrictions and like different fields every field's different for every different type of medic
0: yeah covid restrictions Mm -hmm. have made a disaster of medicing in airsoft there's no way around it
1: yeah i really didn't like the the rope (laughs) it was a little bit of a a bitch to carry around a six-foot rope
0: yeah i i personally like the rope and i've talked about it in in the past because it, it left out um the whole holding your hands on someone and counting to a certain number i really like the way that force recon hosts their medic rules where it's just as fast as you can get that tourniquet on someone they're back up it takes out all the cheating and then if a ref sees someone with a loose tourniquet on they're considered dead like it really it really helps the the idea of medicating because the better you are at pulling your things out putting them on them better but i am happy that uh, the airsoft community as a whole found ways to make medicking still work in Milsim during all this.
1: Yeah, like, I love the tourniquet idea. That was my favorite. I literally bought pouches for my tourniquets, and that's how I built my kit. Is My kit is set up as a medic, for a medic. My belt is set up as a medic. And I had specific spots I put my tourniquets. I have specific spots for mags to be as mobile and low to the ground as possible. Mm-hmm. And the way they're going with it, I don't mind, like, I'm not, like, I don't like the rope, but hey man, it's better than not playing airsoft at all, to be honest with you.
0: Exactly, and so when you say you set up your kit a specific way for medicing, how different is your kit compared to the basic rifleman that's trying to do low pro stuff as well? Like, what specifically do you have?
1: So, sca- completely scrap your plate carrier. Just gone. No plate carriers. All chest rigs, man. Chest rigs changed my life. I switched to a chest rig, I think, a year or two ago now, and it completely changed my life as a medic, because Mm. you're so much, you're so more compact, it's unbelievable. You can, you can attach a backpack to you, all by clips, and you can carry more on your back than you can on your chest, because you want your chest to slow to the ground. If someone hits your backpack, whatever, let them shoot your backpack, Mm. you know what I mean? They're not hitting you as a person, Mm. And you can carry water. You can carry a hydro pack. You can carry food. You can carry resources. Whatever you need, like hmm. it—it's unbelievable the amount of possibilities. And yeah. as a medic, you don't need that many mags. I carry three mags on my front, and then two pistol mags in my front pouch. Yeah, that's all I need.
0: So, just touching on that for a sec, uh, I real—I do really like the backpack idea with the chest rig. I've done that, um, or I've looked into doing that as well. The only stipulation what you would say is before anyone listening tries to do that, look into your field rules because there are some fields that say getting hit in the backpack counts as a kill. But one thing you can do is get the backpacks, like just wear a totally separate backpack to your chest rig. And then when you're having to get low, you can just pop the thing off real quick.
1: Yeah, that works too. Mine is all clipped in, but Mm -hmm. I keep my stuff very compact. Yeah,
0: yours isn't a big...
1: Yeah, I don't carry a big backpack. The way I have everything, I'm still very low, and it's beautiful. I love it. I have a Haley Strategic uh, chest rig with an Emerson backpack. I'm not going to pay $200 for a backpack. No.
0: No, but you're uh, specifically, though, with your Haley Strategic, it's the Haley Strategic D3, correct?
1: It's the D3 Micro.
0: Micro, which has the two... On the side of it has two small pistol mag pouches, correct? Which you use for tourniquets?
1: I use those actually for smoke grenades. Oh, you
0: use those smoke smoke... Okay, because I was a little confused when you said you like the... You're using something for um, tourniquets. I didn't really understand what you meant by that. But those those stretch out enough for your smoke grenades, eh? Yeah,
1: so if you use kind of like the smaller size smoke grenades, just enough to get you by, mm-hmm. it works beautiful. And then I have... I have an actual medic pouch that okay. I actually keep on my belt.
0: That okay. That keeps
1: all my tourniquets. It's beside my dump pouch on my back. Okay. And then I have one more um, actual M4 mag that sits on my waist, and that, and then another pouch for food.
0: So, uh, is your pouch for your food on your belt or on your uh, plate carrier or on your chest rig?
1: Sorry, say that again. Is
0: your belt for your food on your belt or on your chest rig?
1: So, for my food, it's actually on my belt.
0: Oh Yeah. I'm all about food on the field. There's been horror stories about the things I've left in gear. But uh, I also run a food pouch on my belt. Um, and depending on my play carrier setup, I'll often run food in my play carrier as well. Because uh, I like to eat the entire game. Um, but so with you, you had said your medic pouch is on your belt by your dump pouch. Now, is it on your trigger hand side or your foregrip hand side for, like, ease of access? Like, what's your what's your mentality on where you put your pouch?
1: So, it's on my dominant hand, which is my right hand, and it's by, I guess you would say, the end of your butt cheek. Mm -hmm. That's the way I like to do it. I kind of like to line everything up. So, when I'm turning, when I go around, my pistol is not in my way, and it's just right enough access where I can zip it up even if I'm lying down, and take it out. So what I like to do at home or in my backyard, whatever, is lie down and practice my kit. Mm -hmm. Practice is one of the biggest things you could do to make sure your kit is perfect for milsom time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'll even go play indoors, and I'll be like, all right, I have to change this. Because when you get to a milsom and you're already 10 hours in, and you're like, oh, crap, I have to move this. You're already like you already been up for fifteen hours, sixteen hours. Yeah. So you're not gonna just de- kid apart because yeah. then you're gonna lose game time. Mm. So that's why I like to practice everything, practice everything at home, and then when it comes to mill some time, I'm prepared. I'm in for eighteen hours or I'm in for twelve hours. Like there's no, like, all right. Yeah. Let's let's go down. The only time. I- I'll say let's go down is if my gun goes down I switch to my pistol and if not then I'm still on the field with nothing and I'll still stay as medic and I'll just if I run around with a knife I run around with a knife but medic is key man
0: yeah no exactly and with the like you said about practice um, how your kit works is crucial for mil sims I think one thing that a lot of players need to realize um, it's easy to think that going into airsoft You're going to be like, Oh, I'll have this kit for this and this different kit for this and whatnot. And what you'll often find is you're just not very, um, professional on one piece of kit and you're, you're spread all out. Like there's, if I switch my play career, all of a sudden I'm lost. I don't know where my things are just because you get that muscle memory of what you're looking for. So your best bet is to find a kit that works for you for the majority of situations you're going to find yourself in and then add small things. Like um one thing I didn't really understand until I started getting pretty heavily into milsim was those have you seen those tactical fanny packs?
1: Yep, I have one and I love it, man. Okay,
0: so like on top of the on top of the belt. Like I'm not talking about the dangler underneath your thing, like the the fanny pack.
1: Oh, no, I have a dangler. And oh, okay. I, I love that thing, man.
0: So I, I love my dangler, too. I probably underuse it and mainly just use it because I'm a chubby boy and it hides my tummy a little bit. Um, being honest, and if you're a chubby dude out there, too, you're definitely using a fucking dangler for that reason. Um, but on top of that, what there's like a, a fanny pack that you can get that hooks onto your belt that kind of hangs a little bit lower than your belt. And it's like an additional pouch. And I was like, why do I see so many real steel operators using this? and as i watch more videos of it it's because it's a very easy accessory to add that stays out of the way that adds in a lot of storage space that could be very mission specific so if you're playing a medic role and you you don't need to carry all the medic uh, all the medical supplies for your whole squad they have to carry their own then you don't need it you can take that off not a big deal if you do need to do that you throw this fanning pack on good to go um instead of trying to have a whole different loadout for needing different things or EOD. You have all your EOD supplies in there depending on like what it is and stuff. And that's one piece of kit that I am real I really want to get. I don't currently have one, but um I think that's going to be one piece that I'm going to be adding this year.
1: Yeah, man, that's like as a medic, you have to have you have to kind of change with the game. That's mm-hmm. the way I've, I've looked at it. Like when I'm at a Force Recon game, my setup's a little bit different than when I'm at a Black Cell game. Mm-hmm or when I'm at, well, was at a tag game. Like, mm-hmm. my setup has evolved and changed between game to game. I'll move something in a certain spot, because mm-hmm. there's certain things you need to carry at, like, a black cell game, or diffuse mm-hmm. something, so I'll carry, like, clippers on me for our EOD, so mm-hmm. he stays as light as possible, and I'm still fairly light, right? Mm-hmm. So, for sure, like, changing your kit up on the game, or even per class, it's it's huge, man.
0: Yeah. You got, it. You got a dog going wild in the background.
1: Yeah, she's going nuts.
0: I I love her though, so it's fine. Um, okay, so moving on past that a little bit, we've talked about Kit, we've talked about what we're doing uh, with this team. Now, how many medics do you think a team should have? Uh, I know, like in a lot of squads, there's just that one medic or whatever. But do you think it would be uh, beneficial for a team to have two trained medics?
1: Oh, for sure, man. Like, I've worked with some guys where they had, like, they didn't want to be medic. They wanted to stay as riflemen. So I said, you know what? You could be a rifleman. Just give me your bandages. Mm-hmm. And I played medic for two squads.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, I think you and I have kind of talked a little bit about this of having our own little internal training course about how medicing works. So that way everyone on the squad understands what's going through your mind while you're medicing.
1: Um, yeah exactly like I feel if you can stay nice and tight as a team and having a guy that like you understand okay this is what we need to do for our medic let's cover him like I don't want to have to tell you okay I need smokes here like that should be already implied mm -hmm. like you know what I mean or okay we need to cover him for here like less communication in some sense when you're trying to be quiet Mm -hmm. is good but when you're always like super loud and okay, go get that guy over there! Like, no, we need him! Like, mm-hmm. and you start losing yourself in translation, it gets a little hard. But mm-hmm. if you can have two medics that work in sync, man, you're flowing like butter. You guys can like oh, absolutely, it's
0: absolutely! And just the the idea of having um, it. it... It's in a lot of like normal workplaces too, whereas you want everyone to have an understanding of what everyone else's job is. So that way if your riflemen are running in to do some cool door kicker shit, they're gonna understand the place that it's putting the medic in, so they might adjust what they're doing slightly to make it so they're easier to be revived. Like say you get hit, and you go down, well you go down in a certain way that maybe it's easier for your medic to get you. You know, don't, don't break the rules. But uh, if you get hit and you stop directly in the doorway instead of keeping running all the way through it, it's going to be easier for your medic to pull you back through kind of thing. Which does put you in the situation of if you stop in a doorway, it kind of screws everyone else behind you. But it's definitely situational, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Even like if you're in the doorway, oh, no, I fell backwards. Mm-hmm. Like you're still mm. in the situation. But at that point, too, it's, you still have to let your riflemen clear the area, make sure you're okay, because that guy could have moved within that 30 seconds of you trying to go get him. So patience, like I said before, is very key. You don't want to just, okay, oh my god, I need to get this guy up and run, and then you get there, but behind a building there's like like three squads. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh fuck, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that Personally, when I look back on it, I think about how I wish I was still a medic at some point, And I really look forward to talking to you more and learning more about the medicing. That way, you never know what situation we're going to be in when I need a medic or something like that. Um, it's just such a cool role. And I really I really hold it to a very high regard. Not because of anything other than the fact that that role keeps people in the fight and having fun for the actual game. Um So, the having fun aspect is why I think the medic is most important, but on top of that, it's definitely that role that is going to win you a higher majority of firefights, because you'll have more people in the fights, compared to one person that's really good.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of medics over the last while, kind of be like, oh, let me go in first, I want to kick this door, and I'm like, you know what, you can go in, I'll just bring your team back up if you do die, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so... The thing is, medic's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's a very hard class to kind of understand at at a certain standpoint. Like, I get it. A lot of people think, oh, you're just bringing someone back up. But there's more to it than just, oh, let me bring someone back up. You Mm got to think, I'm not going to be shooting all night, and I'm not going to be kicking in doors. You got to think, like, okay, I might have to watch our backs for, like, four hours or I might have to sit here for two hours like you know I mean or I might have to sit in a ditch while getting rained on that's kind of what you have to understand or if someone needs like food or water because you have guys staring out windows you have guys watching everywhere you have to make sure your guys can stay focused within Mm. that amount of time it's true so keeping your guys to their full potential is it's like a water boy on a football team or a rugby team. If you didn't have him, your guys would be lost, right?
0: No, exactly. It's it's that thing of it really all depends what your view on it, but um, being a medic is more of a passion because you want your guys doing their best.
1: Like at the end of the day when you finish the game and then you have your command come up to your squad lead and be like, Man, you guys did a fantastic job. I'm so proud of you. You guys got the so many objectives done. You guys, you guys did so many fragos. Like, good job. And then, like, no. like, well, we have a great team. That's why. Yeah.
0: So I wouldn't be doing this podcast justice if I br- didn't bring something up because you had said how important it is to be a medic because sometimes you might have to stand back and keep watch and watch each other's backs a few times. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't bring up the fact that under your watch, I personally kidnapped your partner.
1: Yeah, let's not talk about that (laughs) one.
0: That was one of the funniest times we had together. Uh, And the rules on that were a little iffy because I was just playing like an op four. And you you had a lot of trust in me as a person. You didn't think think I was the kind of person you needed to keep an eye on.
1: Honestly, I had too much trust in you, Mitch. Way too much trust.
0: <laughs> the, the fact that after that thing, you're like, I would like to make a team with this guy. It's like, at that time, you had the most trust. And you're like, I've lost enough trust to know that this is the person I want to make a team with.
1: It's like, when you get your heart broken and you just go back to your just ex, go ba- like, let's do it. it just, you know
0: what? It just feels good for anybody listening right now that's thinking about going back to their ex. You just got to do it. Just do you it. Just gotta do It'll it. feel good. Just um, call her, man. But just, just call her, man. But the the story behind it for the listeners is what was the o- Operation Dark Zone, right?
1: Yeah, it was Dark Zone, and we were holding. Or no, yeah, it was Dark, it was Dark Zone, Zone, and we were holding three story. Yeah, I was on the second floor, of three story, and uh, Lucas was covering one door, and I was supposed to go cover another because uh, I think someone had to go run back to command, and I turned my back. Going to the other side of three story and I look back and I said, Oh, where the fuck is Lucas? So (laughs) I go up to three story and I forgot I didn't have a three-story patch. I ended up killing myself and I was like, Oh fuck, man, where's Lucas?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so in that in that time, what had happened, so the idea was you're playing for the uh White Rhinos, which in the previous year I had commanded, but this time it was Teresa and Brian Favel from the Nomads. Yeah. Uh, your current team at that point, Aegis was very well known for their ability to hold a structure, um, kind of a blessing and a curse cause that, that everyone knowing that about you guys had found you guys in that building for a long time, every mill sim. But, um, I, I personally used you guys to do that all the time. Uh, but, uh, so you guys were holding second story. The DIA was kind of like a op for we were in that we were like the CIA to to just do some shady shit and be a game element. And uh, I kind of walked up, I was shooting the shit with Aegis, I was good friends, I commanded you guys at multiple games, there was way too much trust from you guys. Everyone turned their back to me and I was just like, you had, I was waiting and you had popped into a room to like do like a check. I think I might have even said like, hey you guys should like do a check, there might be some cool stuff here. You turned your back, and then I just like put a pistol in Luke's back. I was like, I'm kidnapping you. Come downstairs. Don't say a fucking word. (laughs) And he's like, What? I was like, Yeah, that's what's going on. And I went down the stairs, and the funniest part was at the bottom of the stairs, I had a gun in Luke's back, and one of, not one of your teammates at the time, but like some other white rhino guy kind of looked at me and he pointed his gun at me, and I was like, DIA? And he's like, oh, okay, sorry. And he turned around as I was kidnapping one of his players. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, I can just say whatever I want. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then that led into a, a great story, which I think kind of led into you and I gaming more together and ha- kind of growing our friendship quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it kind of sparked everything from there, man, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, we had,
0: we had known each other for quite a few years, but it wasn't much before that that we went over our way to talk too much, and I think it was, I think it was because then we had, like, the, uh, I forget what the actual saying is, but, like, friendship is shared experiences, basically, like, that's where a lot of the growth of friendship comes from, and then we had, like, that one small story to go off of, which then eventually led to us making a team together.
1: Yeah, even later that day, how uh, me and you kind of, like, partnered up, and then we kind of just took over for the rest of the field yeah PRD and like there's pictures to prove it oh yeah and it's it was just amazing man just playing with you and I was like you know what man let's let's make this shit official let's do this and and then when you're like you know what do you want to make a team and I was like fuck yeah let's do it you know yeah Let's, let's go for it let's let's make this shit happen
0: we pulled the trigger and now we're here we uh We've got some big plans coming up, buddy. It's been great to have you on the show. Um, It's going to be even better to have you on the field as a medic, but um, having the joint thought of wanting to make this a charity team and really do something different for the community, especially in a time where Airsoft is more or less in peril and has a big outside force trying to shut us down, um, we're just going to work together to make the Airsoft industry a better place.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting against Bill C21, and we're just gonna do what we have to do, man. Like uh, food charity drives, money drives, anything to make it possible to show airsoft's not as bad as a lot of people think it is. It's just a bunch of dumb people shooting each other with fucking cornstarch. That's it. <laughs>
0: That's all it is. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. You have uh, you have a great day. Me too, man.